Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, as Trent Condon and myself uh, are with you for the next couple of hours, and thank you for carving out some of your morning uh, to spend here with us. Coming up on the program, the BMW of Des Moines guest list today looks like this. Uh, in about 15, 20 minutes or so, we're going to get Eric Heff, color analyst for Iowa State. If you've uh, listened to uh, Trent and I over the last few weeks, weeks uh, since we have been without sports we have taken the opportunity to look back at some of the better teams that have uh, uh, graced gridirons or hardwood uh, we're going to do some wrestling coming up apparently but we've taken a look back at you know Iowa and Iowa State and Drake and you and I some of the teams that uh entertained us over the years and Iowa State has had three or four said teams thus far and Eric Heft was there for every single one of them uh, so we thought you know what what a, what a great resource so we will pick his brain on some of those teams as we take a little uh, look back down memory lane uh, coming up here. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He covers the Hawkeyes. We will talk to Doc at about 10.35-ish. We're going to go to break right on time for us, which would be uh, somewhat out of the norm because right at 11 o'clock, the governor, Kim Reynolds, is scheduled to uh, greet the press this morning. She has not done a press conference since Friday, and the press conference, which usually aired uh, in the afternoon at 2.30, and I know that Keith and Andy uh, would play the Gov's press conference on their show, um, and we will do the same coming up at 11 o'clock. Not sure how much we'll carry of it, uh, but you're going to hear a significant chunk of it, I would imagine. No pre, no post, no nothing, no calls uh, on what uh, what comes out of the press conference, uh, but we will play that for you, or air that for you, uh, at 11 o'clock. And then 11.35... As the draft gets closer and closer, two weeks from Thursday after after all, we are underway. Uh, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News, we will uh, kind of clean up some of the NFL stuff from free agency that's still lingering out there. A couple of big-name quarterbacks still looking for their next gig. Uh, we'll pick Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He is a... There's a couple of things. Uh, he, for the Sporting News, he is a uh, their NFL columnist, one of their NFL columnists. He's a Northwestern grad. And when Vinny was in school, uh, he actually participated in Jeopardy and is a three-time Jeopardy champion. And this goes back to the days, not that it would have mattered to him, uh, that uh, once you got your fifth win in the win column, you were off the show. But Vinny Iyer will join us at 11.35, and we'll do an NFL segment. And we promised, promised to do similar with the four uh, teams that um, that move the needle in Central Iowa in the days ahead and right leading up to the draft. We'll talk Packers with Dave Sinekin from the Head Cheese, uh, Nick Athen, uh, Chiefs Insider on Twitter. I don't remember his website, but I will before we get Nick on here. Uh, we will do the Vikings and, of course, the Bears and find out what they perhaps have uh, in their plans or what the, some of the guys that follow those teams think that those teams are doing as we edge our way to the draft another weekend without sports trent condon it's um it's just as weird this weekend as it was last one and the one before that um 
What did you do? It's a new normal, isn't it? It's yeah. uh, where we no, are. I don't want this to be normal. No, no, but definitely it is for not. now. We have to do it. Yes, and it feels like people are doing a job. Now there are outliers. There are people that are not social distancing yeah. and doing the like. If you did, you wear a mask when you were out this weekend. Didn't go out. Uh, I just went grocery shopping, but I did. Yeah, and and even with that, I uh, saw my dad. He was working on his down in Oklahoma. Working and, on his mask? Yep, working on his mask, and his wife helped him out with that one. Yep. My niece, who's in middle school, she was uh, doing that. She's doing that for one of her projects, so she says uh, she's going to be working on a few to send our way. But we went for a drive on Saturday. Nice. Went to Dairy Queen, picked up a little ice cream. Good. That's a, that's a good dad move. Yes. One uh, of the things I remember about being a kid, one of the highlights was when we yes. stopped by the DQ. Hit up DQ, a malt for the little one, because, you know, we don't eat Ella with, with a, trying to eat a Sunday as she's driving down in her car seat. Malt's the move. <laughs> that's the last thing that we need. So, yeah, we went with the malt there. And then Sunday, did a Zoom meeting with my family. Um, and it worked for you. You've been using it. So yeah, I've got, yeah. we've got a meeting at 1230 we today do. that uh, that I'm going to try and attempt Zoom. I you think, think you'll be able to figure good. it out. Yeah, good. It's uh, hit audio, so your audio's on. Hit video, so your yep. video's on, and you're good to go. It, it's. I was surprised the first time I used Zoom. Is it like Skype except more yeah. faces, right? Yeah. It, it was just, it was incredibly easy. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, right, you're going to have to jump through a bunch of hoops. And, right. Uh, it was incredibly user-friendly. Now, there's another part of it that uh, people are concerned about, malware and things yeah, that are no, in there. That's a big story. And you know what? My, I, I don't have anything to hide. If somebody wants to go through my... Yeah, right. Precisely. <laughs> if they're, if they're going to break into my bank account, yes. it was a waste of time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that's, that's impacting it? a lot this of people. all that's here? We right. went through this to get that? Well, all right. Let's, let's try the next uh, Patsy <laughs> right. and, and hit them up. But yeah, pretty boring day. My wife went to Hy-Vee, just picked up the groceries. Mm-hmm. We did the order online. Oh, did you? And that has gone... It was about a week ago. We mm-hmm. tried to do that, and it was like 10 days before you could pick up. 10 days? It was. On the day that we did it, I want to say it was like nine days ago, I think, uh-huh. is when we were we were going through. Like, boy. And then it was Thursday night we did it, and thinking probably it's going to be another week, week and a half. No. Sunday pickup. That's good. Perfect. So she went there, didn't have any conversation, just popped and the And the trunk. order was right? Order was right. Not there was good. a couple of replacement items. Didn't have lettuce. We missed out on lettuce, but outside of that Toilet overall, paper? Didn't didn't even order. We're good Trent, there. I have not seen toilet paper on a shelf since this started. I swear to God, I still. Have not. And I mean, we're good. I just like to just kind of a little looky loo right down, down yeah, that yeah. aisle. So I've been um, and and I know a lot of grocery stores are doing this. And and I'll speak on behalf of my generation, uh-huh. the sixty plus. We are so grateful that people are that stores are doing that. I go to I like to go to Whole Foods on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and they're doing it eight to nine is for sixty plus. Okay, I, I you have to show your ID. To, yes, yeah, you do. Um, they don't want any of those 58-year-olds no, in no. there. <laughs> no. I, I think Fairway 65-plus, but okay. High V is now 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, it's it's for us 60-plus. And yeah. I mean, look, we're grateful. And then you get into High V, and you haven't been there. I so, haven't. So they've got actually, and this is brilliant. And it's, you know what? I, I don't know who came up with this idea. But they want all the carts. They got arrows on the floor. We want everybody going down this aisle the same way. Mm-hmm. We don't want you passing. Makes in the sense. Aisle. Makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Uh, so that that's good. Uh, they, these are what we have to do. And Trent, I'm an untrained person when it comes to this. Like you wouldn't believe. I think it's. I think it's working. I, I think so too. You know, I, the 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 new model came out in Iowa, and it's way better. Now they also because at the time when the University of Washington was putting out just these me, models, just me disclaimer yeah. this. That doesn't mean stop what you're doing. <laughs> right, right, right. Keep yes. doing it. I think I, I think we're beating this collectively, folks. Go ahead. Sorry, but yeah, the model initially that came out for Iowa and it has one for every state. 
since we didn't have the shelter-in-place order that many of the other states do, the model didn't look very good. Mm-hmm. Well, it also didn't have the impact that this closing of schools, that was not placed in there because the way that the model was set up, it wasn't there. So, yeah, the model looks a lot better for our state. We still have a long road in front of us. Oh, There's sure. still a lot that needs to be untangled. The social distancing needs to continue. And But does it feel like at least... I don't even, it's not a light at the end of the tunnel, but maybe you feel like, I see something there. I, I think felt, I see something. For the first time yesterday, Trent, I felt like, you know what, maybe this is going to be behind us. Yeah. With, and I don't say it's going to be April 30th or May 5th. I don't know. Nobody knows. But it seems like the gloom and doom that was out, I feel a little bit better. I do. Um, what I don't understand, and then I want to get to Liam Robbins and Cordell mm-hmm. Pemsel. Yeah, we do have sports Yeah, news. we do. Some, you know, some disappointing news for Drake fans, and yes. I get it. I, I do get it. You know, but if a doctor came to you and like, if you, I'll, I'll use me as an example, yeah. right? There's one ventilator. There's me at 61, or there's this father of three at 32 years old, and, yeah. he, and his wife just had newborn twins. Who's getting the ventilator? I would hope the 32-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. But, Ken, here's chloroquine. You got two days left without it. You might have two days left with it, but... Worth a shot? Right. You would think so? <laughs> Give me a handful. Well, and this is something that you've maintained throughout all of this, is that we have the best of the best across the world yes. working on this. And I saw Bill Gates and what his organization How is doing. How about that? It is un- incredible yeah. what they're putting out there, what they're trying to do to combat this. And is a vaccine... I think the thing that some people are missing is though they're very well... There are a lot of at least hopes, and, and a lot of different people working on these different things. But remember, you have to go through trials. You have to figure mm-hmm. out if this is going to work, what the side effects of these different drugs and the different, different but possible But in my scenario, vaccines. the side effects would be death. Right, right. <laughs> right. But, but when we're talking about, well, everything will be back to normal by fall, no, you got to slow down mm-hmm. on that because- But we no, might have sports without spectators. Yes, and I think that's still the most realistic path. Yep, President Trump, he talked he is, with did. the commissioners, yep. which another thing- do you know there's not a commissioner for the tennis association? Well, I never thought about it I, until right now. I had to be well because the the Pac-12 commissioner, yeah, he Larry came, Scott, he came from. He was the head of the tennis. That's where they plucked him from. And they I, maybe they haven't replaced him because the Pac-12 is hoping he'll go back. <laughs> maybe, but they don't have anybody there. So it was every major really? sport that you could think about. But tennis, eh, they don't have anybody on yeah, the call. The Breeders' Cup had somebody. Oh, right. Horse racing had their czar. Well, they don't have a czar, but the Breeders' Cup does. Well, um, yeah, again. That word you just said a couple of minutes ago that starts with H is a four-letter word. Mm-hmm. I found some yesterday. I, I really did. Uh, anyways, we move on. Uh, we'll get to the governor at 11 o'clock. We're going to hear from Eric Heft coming up here in 10 minutes and Scott Dockerman in about 25 or thereabouts. So Liam Robbins has decided, and you you know, you SOB, mm-hmm. you put this out there a couple of months ago, and I thought, now, why are you saying those? Why are you saying this? Drake's having a really good run. They've got a kid here, seven-footer. They brought him in. Nobody else would give him a chance. Liam Robbins is developing in front of our very eyes. A couple of weeks later, I said, Trent, you know what? I think this kid's a pro. Yeah. I think he's got a chance to be a pro and then uh, over the weekend was it friday or saturday 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 liam robbins announced he's going to leave drake i have nothing you know what good for you if you want to leave there's nothing holding you there no i get why drake fans are pissed they gave you a chance selfishly they think their team is going to be way better with you and they would a seven footer who's developing and has two more years left and is really you know, really learning how to play the game for the first time, and Coach DeVries at company over there invested so much into him to get him to this point. But Trent, if you're, and I don't know 
who's in his ear or whatever, but you're going to be better battle tested by playing in a power five, six, seven conference. And he's going to Minnesota. Well, by the way, his uncle just happened to get promoted to associate head coach on Saturday. <laughs> Is there something that's I gonna... love that tentacle of the story. Mike Mahon was all over that. Yes. On, uh, as he mentioned, you know, what school announces a coaching promotion on a Saturday out of the blue in this? Well, then, obviously, we knew that there was something behind it. But anyways, how he got there and the fact that his uncle got a bigger, better gig of it, these are amateurs. Well, and regardless, remember, his uncle was on the staff. Correct. It's not like they just plucked him off. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. He was unemployed somewhere. And yes. We're going to give you a job and with a really good title and a really good paycheck to go away. And then we're going to and make sure that your nephew comes no along question. with you. That, yeah, no question. He was already on staff yep. there, so that kind of nefarious angle to it, I don't think it's quite as deep as maybe some Drake fans want and to And then, believe. look, I get why Drake fans are pissed oh. today. They, and they, they took a chance on They that. took a chance when no one would, Trent, right. and he's developing in front of our very eyes, and now he'll do so uh, in the Big Ten. So good for you, Liam Robbins. Hope it works out for you. I do. Uh, Coach DeVries has done a terrific job in his time at Drake. Uh, have some faith in him, uh, Bulldog fans. Look, he's going to be tough to replace seven-footers. Yeah. You know they don't come. Uh, they don't end up on on uh, Missouri Valley Conference rosters that often, especially those that can play. The other news was Cordell Pemstel and get by. He's doing it same time. Yeah, but I yeah. wanted to see him finish it. You're Iowa. a big Pemsel fan. Well, I'm a big Pemsel fan, Trent, just because this is the guy that I want first off the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, want yeah. you to take you want you go down the stairs off the bus first because that's the get that. Um, you know, go back to the Jacobs and the, the set two uh, at Carver t- uh, two years ago in Cyhawk, right? Now, that was wonderful. It was great on Jacobson's part because mm-hmm. he didn't flinch. And Cordell Pemsel, and of course, Connor McCaffrey, <laughs> right, <laughs> right in the in the in the in the middle of it. But yeah, I wanted to see Cordell Pemsel finish with a hawk a- as a hawk. You know, as as you look to next season for Iowa basketball, you just you continue to look around and wonder where the minutes are going to be. Yeah. This is going to be an incredibly deep team. It's mm-hmm. going to be deeper. Up front with Nunji back, you know that Garza is still going to play his 30 minutes a game. All right, you take that bags off. And also, how effective Iowa was playing that four-guard lineup with McCaffrey. Basically, he's your four with Connor out there mm-hmm. as a four. He also had Patrick McCaffrey in there, more depth up front. And because of that, it's just hard to see him. Best case scenario, he's back, he's healthy, he's playing as high as he can. What is that, 15 minutes a game? Yeah. With the roster Tops. that Iowa has. So yeah. instead you say, you know what? But do you play 15 minutes a game on a team that, again, this was Rob Dostard. This was this is other people, not us. Maybe this is a team that can go a long way in the tournament. Or you go to Western Illinois and nobody hears from you again. Right. You go to the Summit League, you average 12-8. Right. and eight, But you lose in the first round That's of the Summit it. League tur- right. Conference Tournament. How much excitement is there there? And you're on ESPN Plus in the right. Summit League, yeah. or you're on the Big Ten Network, or yeah. ESPN, or dot, 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 night after night. You're going and you're playing in the Kohl Center. You're playing in the Izone. Right. Or you're playing at IUPUI yeah. Fort Wayne against the Matadors in front of 1,200 people. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I um, look selfishly, I, I like the kid. More power to him. More but he's had him. a lot go wrong. Not oh, I'll in- say. Injuries certainly yeah. have been a part of it. He had the suspension that has happened this year. Sometimes you just need a just fresh start. Just because he was hungry. <laughs> he was hungry. He needed to get that Mickey D's yeah. and hit that up uh, over the weekend without a license as he got popped for an OWI back in last fall. Mm-hmm. So with all of those kind of things, fresh start, one final chance, and make a go of it. I- I'm never going to deride any Nor will I. college athlete for making the decision they think is best for yep. them. And for for him, it's go out, play a little bit more, have some fun, 
that's the direction he's going to go. Indeed. All right. Uh, by the way, before we do the um, uh, the keyword, yes. <laughs> this is almost getting comical. Yeah, right? yeah. They had another winner on Friday. It's now there's been five winners in Central Iowa. All of them. On the mothership, the blowtorch, 1040 WHO. All right, uh, let's start a week off uh, right here. KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword FAMILY to 200, 200. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's FAMILY to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation tempo. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, Eric Heft, color analyst, Iowa State, will join us. Scott Dockerman coming up in about 25 minutes. The governor's press conference at 11. And then Vinny Iyer on the NFL as Trent and I try and incorporate an NFL piece in the next three weeks as we inch our way to the draft two weeks, actually, from Thursday night. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 106.0. Thank you for supporting Food Bank of Iowa. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460, KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Oh, I love college sports trends. So we just—I I saw you giggling over there. <laughs> we just got it. We were using Western Illinois for Cornell. Yeah, yeah, right? the Leathernecks. <laughs> right. You know why would you go there? Blah blah blah. You got a chance to play on a stay at um, Iowa. Who knows how far you can go on this team, or you can play in front of twelve hundred people. And one of our buddies is a Western Illinois uh, uh, grad, and yes, he reached out to us and is ripping us for ripping his alma mater. Oh. Leatherneck steak. I'm sorry, Whipper. I love the way. I mean, college sports, man. They move our needle, do they not? Uh, Eric Heff joins the program. He's a golf fan, so this news just yeah. came out. Eric, how are you? First of all. Well, I'm good, but I don't know. Give me the give me the bad news. No, it's good. Well, potentially good. So what? the British the the, the Open Championship oh, yeah. is canceled. We know that. Where that was announced yeah. last week. But the PGA is now slated for August third through ninth. The FedEx Cup. Uh, nobody cares. Uh, but the U.S. Open uh, from the fourteenth to the twentieth at Wingfoot, and the Masters the second week of November, the ninth through the fifteenth. So. Maybe just maybe we're uh, we're seeing some light there, Eric. We've got golf on the on the horizon. Okay, I, I, I'm for it. You know, I reruns are okay, yeah. but come on, let's I'm have with some you. real competition. I mean, when things are settled down, of course. But right. I'm looking forward to to watching uh, all kinds of sports, and obviously, to me, the number one thing is we got to make sure the college football season mm-hmm. uh, can happen. You know, and and I'd say, I don't know how optimistic I am for that right now, but I'm hopeful for sure. Yep, absolutely. What did Jamie Pollard say? And he did a great job on the teleconference. Ice Age, is that what, and I'm paraphrasing, but. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, look at, and, and he's, can you imagine what, what not having football, Eric, and you're caught up with it? You're, you know, um, You've been around Iowa State athletics for decades now. You know how football, you know, pays the bills for so much. Can you imagine? Oh, it's yeah. It would definitely kind of be the ice age for sure. And so many. First of all, I congratulate Jamie. I mean, I think Iowa State is so fortunate to have a leader who can be proactive. Mm-hmm. And, and and not only that, I mean, he's as candid and frank yep. uh, with with everybody. Uh, as anybody in his position in the country, and he's a good decision maker. So, uh, 
get out in front, do what you can now. I mean, who knows? Uh, the ship may make a few more turns before it right. gets to, to the home port. Uh, but you know, don't just sit there and do nothing and hope it goes away. Going to talk about the past here, but before we do into the future, Iowa State involved with a lot of transfers. Of course, we mm-hmm. don't know for some of these guys if they're going to be eligible next season. The NCAA is going to rule on that coming up this summer, though. I saw a report over the weekend they're anticipated, even if they pass what the Big Ten and ACC have less, uh, try to push for, having these student-athletes be able to transfer without restriction, that wouldn't go into effect until the following season. But when you look at some of the names, I'm sure you probably talked to a couple of the coaches. I know there's a lot of targets on this list trying to turn over that roster and get an influx of talent. I mean, they've got some They've got some nice pieces coming back, but they obviously have got to upgrade overall talent, certainly uh, shooting ability. I mean, they've got to be a better shooting team, certainly from three, uh, especially for the way Iowa State wants to play. Uh, but, you know, I think they need a couple of key pieces, immediate contributors, and then they've got a couple others they could bank one or, you know, take that sit-out transfer. Uh, but it's kind of a, you know, when they uh, came out, it looked like, uh, the immediate transfer thing was going to happen for this year. I mean, I think the coaches really, I mean, I don't know why they're waiting till June. How about, some clarity? How about some clarity yep. now? I mean, what's going to change between now and June mm-hmm. that you can make this decision? Uh, I'd say, hey, if it's no, that's fine. But at least everybody will know what they're getting. No doubt about it. Eric Heft, uh, color analyst for Iowa State. So, Eric, as, as I mentioned in the text uh, to you uh, yesterday, um, Trent and I have, you know, we've we've killed some of uh, the, this time by looking back at some of the best teams in the state of Iowa, uh, you know, whether it be Iowa State or Iowa or Drake or you and I. You've, uh, you've been there for all of America. I mean, your history with Iowa State dates back to the 70s, for crying out loud. Um, you would be, you, you, we probably should have uh, reached out to you before we tried to fill in some gaps. But back Basketball wise, a couple of the a couple of the more memorable teams, maybe uh, that you've had the fortune uh, of uh, of chronicling their games over a season. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot. I think you know sometimes the first time something happens, it's it's awesome, and I kind of go back, <clears throat> and not even the NCAA tournament. Uh, one of my all time favorite players at Iowa State predates you guys, in Ronnie Harris. He was Orr's first recruit, okay. and he helped build the program. And they only got to the NIT his senior year, but he was able to be part of that. That was fun. And then, of course, then set the table for, for a nice run of NCAA tournaments after that. Uh, so I kind of like that team. Uh, obviously, the 86 team with Hornacek and Greer, a couple of pros who were really good with some other nice pieces as well. Uh, <clears throat> but the best team... Uh, I mean, how do you not go uh, with the 2000 team? And and once again, <clears throat> Iowa State had been out of the tournament for a couple of years and didn't see it coming. You lose to Drake early in the season, and Drake really was not as good as they've been recently. Uh, and you're thinking, man, it could be another long year. Uh, but man, I'd seen Tinsley handle the ball, and I thought, man, this guy, <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. Of course, Pfizer was tremendous. <laughs> yeah. but but Tinsley, Tinsley was the guy, and that, that team was so much fun to watch, just to watch a highlight reel of Jamal Tinsley. He was, he was so incredible and had a lot of turnovers, you know, but he never turned it over late in the close game. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he, he made the plays. He was, he was big in the moment, except for one, of course. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was gassed he was, in that <laughs> moment, though, Eric. He yeah, right. To, yeah, yeah, yes. I, I'm not, I've never bagged him, <laughs> bagged on him for that, uh, but 
you know, I'd say one of my all-time favorite guys to watch play. Yep. Uh, was Jamal? You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him because he's the. That's the same guy for me too. Uh, especially, you know, this, this century, if you want to call it that, I can go back into the '90s. Um, but for me, it was, and they you had some incredibly talented guard you had rosters. I mean, Monte Morris and Stinson, and you know, Niang and, and Blaylock. The, 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 Blaylock. Yeah, precisely. Whatever position you want to put him at. But if I, if you, know, you got to buy a ticket to see one guy play, for me, that would be. Jamal Tinsley at Iowa State. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I, he was he was so incredible. Uh, never lost a home game, back to back Big Twelve championships. How about that? Uh, you know, that's pretty good. You know, they, they what were they fourteen and two, thirteen and three? Those two years in conference play, uh, Elite Eight team uh, could have been, uh, could have, would have, should have, uh, Final Four, maybe national championship. Yeah. Didn't work out that way, but man, what a ride! And sometimes. When your expectations aren't that high going into the season, when you have a 32-win season, I mean, any time that would be great. But when you consider you're hoping, hey, maybe we can get an IT bid, maybe sneak into the NCAA tournament, and you end up being a two-seed and having a great run, sometimes that's more fun, too. You're just kind of all along the way, especially after the slow start to the season, going, wow, hey, how about that? Can we keep this going? And the anticipation and the fun of that, uh, I think, is as high as any. But I will say, you're talking about uh, fun teams. I would say almost any team in the last, save maybe a couple here lately, uh, any team in the last decade has been incredibly mm-hmm. fun to watch. Were they as good as the 2000 team? Probably not. Maybe 2014 was. Uh, but, man, uh, if you like offense... And everybody likes offense. I like defense, too. But come on, offense is what is fun to watch. Uh, and just those Monte and George, Melvin Edgem, uh, Matt Thomas, Naz. I mean, those guys were so much fun to watch, so much fun to be around. Uh, any of those teams, I mean, I could watch them all day. One who, uh, you brought, jogged my memory just a little bit, the 1986 sure. team. They'd made the tournament the year before, lost in the first round to Ohio State, but right. they played that year, got to the championship game of the Big Eight Conference Tournament, lost a tight one to Kansas, then the run to the Sweet 16. Take us to Minneapolis, though. They played the first and second rounds up at the Roller Dome, up at the Metrodome in Minneapolis, and we know mm-hmm. now about the way that Cyclone fans travel, but was there a big contingent up there, the mid-'80s? It was, it, it was something good. new? It, it, it was really good. I tell you, was I tell you that was one of my favorite moments too. Uh, I mean, two of my favorite moments in Iowa State basketball history involve Iowa State and Michigan playing basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In part because of my uh, respect and affection for Johnny Orr, mm-hmm. you know, the winningest coach at both schools. You know, I mean, it was it was incredible. Uh, but we went to Minneapolis. Actually, Iowa was playing up there too. It was, oh, you know, really? 18, I, it was a Roy Marble team, uh-huh. uh, and they played. I can't remember who they played in the first round. They I, played I, NC they, State because there was. I, now that this is jogging my memory, if Iowa would advance to the Sweet Sixteen, Iowa and Iowa State would have played right. each other in the Sweet Sixteen. No way, that's awesome. Yeah. Or would have so, been. Uh, so so anyway, and Iowa, Iowa State played Miami, who had Ron Harper, yeah. who was yeah. a, ter- a terrific player, and Ron Hunter, who is now who was the coach at Georgia yeah. State when yeah. they beat Baylor a few years ago, and I forget where he's at right now. Uh, but he was the point guard on that team. <laughs> uh, and actually, Ron Harper missed 
a jumper from the corner that would have won it in regulation. Uh, Iowa State then had Hornacek hit a bomb uh, in overtime to win the game. Of course, it would have been a three, but there was no three-point line back in 86. And then you had to play Michigan with Roy Tarpley. I mean, it was a, a terrific matchup. Uh, and Iowa State got the win. That's one of my favorite wins of all time, the the feeling for Johnny. Uh, you know, how, what that had to mean to him, uh, beating his former assistant, Bill Frieder. Uh, that was that was unbelievable. Uh, a lot of fun, for sure. Uh, football, Eric. After uh, you know, uh, watching a lot of uh, disappointing seasons, seemingly throughout the eighties. Uh, then, then two thousand rolls around, and still to this day, the uh, the high water mark as far as wins for an Iowa State football team nine. They go nine and three with Sage Rosenfels, get to a bowl game, and win an inside bowl uh, in Phoenix, and. Um, you know, then basically from then it's been certainly a lot better than it was in the 80s and the 90s uh, as we know it today here under Coach Campbell, of course. But the 2000 team had to, for the, re- for the reason that they had all that success after so many disappointing seasons, that has to have a special place for you. Well, like I said, the first time, and I know it wasn't the first, uh, but it First in a long years. time. It had been 22 years since they'd been to a bowl. Wow. And they were 0-4 in bowls at that point, too. You know, and you, you know, and the fact that Iowa State had stuck with Dan McCarney, you know, through some tough times. Uh, been, and certainly, I love Dan too. He's an unbelievable guy, one of the most positive people I've ever been around. Uh, they stuck with him. They're so glad to see it pay off for him and those guys that had invested so much. Uh, so that was certainly uh, a lot of fun. One of the best. I don't know if it's the best Iowa State team, uh, but man, they had the most wins. And snapping that streak was not an easy thing to do. And there were some great close games in there that they pulled out that certainly made it a lot of fun as well. Eric Heft, color analyst, Iowa State. So are, are you, have you got a golf course you can go to? I live on one. I know you do. Is it open? <laughs> yes, yes. And it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, social distancing yeah. is being practiced Good. to the hilt. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I got to keep... It's awesome. Good stuff, Eric. Hey, listen, thanks for doing this with us. Uh, uh, We'll talk in the, uh, well, who knows when, but we'll do it again. Thank you for what you do for us over the years. Appreciate it. All right. Appreciate you guys. Good to talk to you. Eric Heft, uh, color analyst for Iowa State, is take a trip down memory lane with uh, with Eric. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawks next, 11 o'clock sharp. We'll hear from Governor Reynolds. We'll carry uh, the majority of her press conference until it sounds like it's starting to uh, get away or whatever, uh, a little bit redundant. We will do that at 11. Vinny, I are on the draft coming up at 11.35. We uh, started our conversation with that golf, and you mentioned the Masters in November. Right. That is the week after LSU Alabama. That was the first place I looked saying, what's uh-huh. CBS going to do? Or uh-huh. is it an automatic prime time for that one? Remember, they, uh, they yep. had moved it to 2.30. So I was just taking a peek at the schedule for that week in college football. The college football. football oh, let me hear it, Trent. i got to hear this. All right. Well, this is the... Not S- the whole thing. But... Right, right. Well, that weekend for the SEC, there's a couple of those crap games. Oh, it's wedding weekend. It's Well, there, there's two of them this right, year, this the way okay. the schedule plays out. Missouri at Florida, eh. Old Miss at Arkansas, South Carolina goes to LSU, Tennessee at Georgia. Okay, probably is the pick at least at this time. Alabama. That's uh, ESPN has UT at six. You're right, but uh, there isn't anything where CBS has a hard decision that mm-hmm. they have to make. What are they going to do Sunday? Oh, boy, that's, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I C- was thinking college CBS on Saturday, Sportsnet? but I didn't even think. 
you can't. Yeah, I don't think you can for no. the Masters or for whatever no, week it would be, 11 one. or 10. Now, CBS, they own a lot of other channels. Right, CBS Sports Network. But I don't think that's so. not even don't available. Right. I'm talking about like some major cable operators, major channels, because CBS Sports Network is not even a metered channel. That's how few oh, people really? get it. Yeah. Because so we're lucky as DTV subscribers. Right. Okay. It, it's a, a rarity to have that part of your normal cable okay. system. And because of that, I don't know what they all own, but you know, like we saw what USA Network, you know, has the uh-huh. has the hockey because of their yep. connection. One of those channels that most everybody has of their cable, go that route. I don't think you can put it on CBS Sports Network, but maybe they can. Uh, that decisions, decisions. Well, they've made a couple. Who flexes their muscle, their their arm? Is it the Masters or is it the NFL? Oh, Trent King football always wins, but does they, they met their match? Is it a prime timer? For what can how, what does NBC do? Do they say yeah? That's all right. Is this you know what? Maybe this is the year to do that. Yeah, right? double it, prime timer. Yeah, I mean this this would be the year because of the circumstances that the Fox gets both sides of the doubleheader that week. Mm-hmm. CBS, your game is or it six? Is is it an early morning game? Or does the Masters go early? Because look at by then we're in daylight savings times. You can't be playing golf at seven o'clock Eastern. Exactly. Oh boy, so many decisions here. I'm just excited we have a golf We're talking schedule. about sports. We are, indeed. What a day. We'll, we'll talk to Scott Dockerman next. Uh, he's from The Athletic, covers the Hawks, Miller and Condon. We will air uh, Governor Reynolds' uh, press conference coming up at 11. We're here until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 10. Today. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Don't Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. So we probably need to break at 5-2, 6-2, Probably more like 4-2. I'll play the music for All you. Right. Uh, Caesars has just put out their Big Ten Conference win totals. Ooh. Want to take a get? Well, let's get Scott Darkman yeah. in here. I don't know if Doc has seen that yet. Well, let's put both of you on the spot here. Uh, Caesars, Doc, good to talk to you as always. Caesars has put out their win totals for the... Now, we're assuming there's 12 games, obviously. This is based on that. Uh, Iowa's win totals. Trent Condon, you first. Eight and a half. Scott Dockerman, what does Caesars have the Hawkeyes at? Uh, I would probably say seven and a half. Seven is the number Ooh, at Caesars. Whoa. Here's one more I did before I get into it. What is Nebraska? Doc, you're first this time. Nine and a half. <laughs> no, I get why you said that. I, I was thinking probably, eight. I have it at eight. It's six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, six. Here, real quick. Illinois five. Uh, who else moves the needle? Michigan nine. Michigan State. Ooh, Michigan State four and a half. Uh, Gophers nine. Uh, I told you about Nebraska. Northwestern five and a half. Ohio State 11. Penn State nine and a half. Purdue five. Mm, Rutgers two and a half. Poor Zubin. And uh, Wisconsin, the favorite in the Big Ten West uh, as far as win totals, nine and a half. Anyway. Uh, taking the bankroll, the, the elastic off the bank bankroll here for Purdue. What'd you say? Five? Five. That's crazy. They're going to win more than five games. Doc, I think you're also a fan of this Purdue roster coming back this year as we anticipate we'd have 12 games this season. Your thoughts on the Boilers? I that's hard to say. I haven't. I wasn't really prepared to talk about the players that much. Uh, but I, I would say that they've got two incredible wide receivers. Yeah. They graduated a lot yeah, of players. Uh, so you know, David Bell and and uh, 
and Moore, Moore. Dale Moore will mm-hmm. be will be fantastic. They'll score some points. I'm not sure how they'll stop people. That's uh, just you know, it. And, and again, if I had their, <laughs> their schedule in front of me, if I would have <laughs> known you wanted to talk about the Oilers, I could tell you. Last year, what they won? They won four games, and uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of shootouts. So it's hard to say. Um, you know, across the board. <laughs> I just hope we play them. Yeah, I'm with That's you. Really, where I'm at. I'm with you. More than anything else. Uh, Doc, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the Purdue Boilermakers 5 to a win total for next week. But, uh, you know, the Cordell Pemsel news, first of all. Look, I get it. Go where you want, kids. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I think they should be able to do that. I know the NCAA is going to give them. I guess it's on the table for June. They're going to thumbs up or thumbs down the one-time transfer, which makes sense to me. I don't know why they're waiting until June. I don't know why the kids that are currently, you know, in the transfer portal would, like a Liam Robbins is per, um, Perfect example. He will have to sit out at Minnesota a year unless he gets a waiver. Don't know why they're stopping, but Cordell Pemsel, uh, I, I wanted to see him end at Iowa Doc. I did, but he's not going to with Nunji coming back. Um, he's decided to move on. Your thoughts? It's not totally unexpected, and I think it's probably good, maybe for, for both parties. Uh, he wasn't going to play a lot, I don't think. His minutes would have been pretty much the same. I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that his, his skill set is the best for what Iowa does. And you know he's he's gone from being you know really big to trying to to lose weight to being effective to not being effective. Great kid. I really enjoyed talking to him over the years. And I think it's just you know for him it's probably a good idea to go somewhere else where maybe his skill set fits his. Uh, you know, the program a little bit better and you know but you know i i don't i don't think anybody should begrudge him i think it's probably in the best interest for everybody and um we'll, we'll see what happens but you know i think what we're going to see is that ev- pretty much every waiver is going to be approved uh for this for the winter athletes it's just kind of like give us a good case and then we'll rubber stamp it and then the uh the the one-time waiver thing will probably go into effect for 2021 gotcha well that's good news yeah and something that i i know has been out there and speculated about the way that's going to play out june will get the decision from the ncaa at least as of now of how that's going to play out so pencil moves on nunji back off injury patrick mccaffrey back off injury along with the team that we saw and i mentioned to ken earlier you know with pencil and just the front line in general iowa played so well this year we're playing my connor mccaffrey at the four What's the front line going to look like? Is it just going to be back to playing two traditional bigs, or has Fran McCaffrey opened something up here that he's going to continue with in your mind next season? Seems more than it is like the starting lineup. I think everybody gets really wrapped up in who starts and who doesn't. But when you look at the minutes, that's where the the real crux of everything is. And and I think when you see a backcourt where you know you're going to have, I think they're going to probably start. Most active unit. I mean, if you've got Connor McCaffrey on the floor, probably playing the four to start the games. You know, Wieskamp, and and I'm presuming the Wieskamp and Garza are returning. So uh, if they're they're both going to be probably at the three five, and then you've got uh, you know Jordan Bohannon in the backcourt, and, uh, and and probably uh, C.J. Frederick, and then you're going to have Toussaint coming off the bench. You're going to have Jack Dungey coming off the bench, and then we just don't know. You know, I mean, where does Patrick McCaffrey fit in this? Where do some of the newer guys come in fit in this? Uh, you know, it's hard to say right now, but I, I do think, uh, you know, it, it certainly could be a very formidable lineup, and they can play 
whatever way you want to play. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be healthy and helpful. And, uh, you know, right now you've got to like what you, what you see. Uh, coming back at Iowa. You know, have you heard, Doc, have you heard on, I know that uh, at Illinois, Alan Griffin has decided he's uh, entering the transfer portal. I think there's one more. Isn't I, I can't, for the life of me, uh, come up with it right now. But the two guys that, you know, that lead that team and do have eligibility, DeSomu and, of course, Kofi Coburn, have you heard either way? I would think Coburn would come back, although, you know, maybe he won't with his size. He's That's intriguing. He's still a guy that's clearly learning the game. He's very new to the game, but he's a seven foot, uh, he's a seven foot five or seven foot five man. But DeSomu is a kid who's clearly got NBA skills. What have you heard on those two uh, fighting Illini members that clearly would help Coach Underwood if they came back? You know, I haven't really heard much. Um, you know, I think everything is uh, it's a little bit at a standstill, at least among those types of teams. And it's unfortunate, you know, today's the would have been the national championship right. game. And, and uh, but I think both our NBA players, um, you know, Coburn to me probably would, you know, it, it's weird with, with bigs like that. You know, do they would always improve in college, yet. They're such a hot commodity that it almost makes sense to go. Even if you're, mm-hmm. it, it might take you three more years to get to be decent, but you're going to get paid for those three years versus not. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Coburn go. But you know that, uh, you know, Illinois would be a very good team with both of them. I mean, they were this year, mm-hmm. and I think they are going to be in the, in the future. I think Underwood's got something going there. So um, you know, both. I, I, I would hate to predict right now on either one. I haven't really heard much in the way of staying or going right now. You know, talking about transfers and the football transfer market, this is normally a time as spring football is starting to wrap up. A lot of programs this semester is starting to come to a close. We're hearing more and more players start to enter the transfer portal and, and looking around. I know it's still out there. I know there's still people that are going to be going through it here, but what have you heard in regards to numbers? Do you anticipate more college football transfers this year than we've had the last couple of years, less because of what's going on with COVID-19? Trying to wrap your mind around it and what it's going to look like when we get back to normalcy and if we're going to have a full college football season, the guys that are going to be moving schools. You know, a lot of them have already kind of elected to do that. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of people move late because there's so much uncertainty. Um, you know, usually you'd see kind of a, a, a little bit of a swelled market, you know, come in May from, from those who graduate, who kind of look around and say, you know what, I got a chance to go somewhere else. I think we, Iowa benefited from that with James Butler a few years ago. And mm-hmm. yep. I, I don't know that we're going to see much of that now because, you know, are we going to get a fall? You know, are you, yeah. is it in your best interest to do that? And um, that's the question. I mean, is it going to be a fall? Is it going to be a spring? Is it going to be a partial fall? Um, so, so much uncertainty right now makes the transfer portal question, um, you know, even more uncertain. Um, I would, if we can get a fall, I would anticipate that there will be some lower division players who certainly would want to move on because they're not really that far behind. I mean, it seems like Iowa and, you know, didn't get a spring practice at all, um, you could go in there and, and not be far behind, you know, the, the guys who are freshmen and sophomores. So I would anticipate some sort of jump there. But, you know, like with everything, we are just, 
Great unknown. That's the big question. Yeah. In, indeed. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, it will be a shock two weeks from Thursday night uh, if if Tristan Wirfs does not go in the top ten. I, I don't see him getting to Cleveland at ten, and if he does, uh, they, they're in the market for an offensive lineman in a big way, but I don't think he'll be there. My question to you is on A.J. Epinesa. It seems to me like you know there was some speculation that maybe he's going to slide to Friday and early in the second round. I, I, I'm not buying that, Doc. I still think he's going to go uh, be the, for the second straight year. Two Hawks will go on the first night of the draft. Epinesa in the 20s maybe stays close to home at, uh, in Minnesota as they now have two picks both in the 20s. What are you hearing on A.J. Epinesa? Yeah, he's had a lot of contact. I do know that with a lot of different uh, teams and in recent weeks. And and yes, I agree. I think he is going to go in the first round. I, I just don't see him falling out. Uh, you know what happens? We we kind of get in this knee jerk reaction after the combine where stocks move up, stocks move down. You know, just based off of forty time. And and really, the smart teams are going to be the ones that just look at the film, you know, and see what he could do. And not what he can't do, and that's 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 ridiculous. When all these people, oh, he ran a five flat, so therefore he's not a good pass rusher. Well, um, I think Austin Jackson begs to differ in a lot of other players. So what I, what I anticipate is somebody smart, and and this goes well for a lot of athletes. That the smarter teams are going to say, you know, we're going to need guys who can play right away, who are safer, rather than those who kind of have flashes in different athletic abilities and or um, our characteristics because let's take a you know here's one situation you know late late in the draft a lot of teams tend to say you know what let's take a chance on this guy it's a boomer bust but let's do this and and somebody like Ahmad Wagner who is an incredible talent um, you know and, and until Kentucky's passing game just completely imploded he didn't have you know he was having a really good senior year well he, he didn't go to the combine you know but Somebody like Geno Stone, he's safe. You know he's going to make your team. You know he's going to be a special teamer. You know that he's going to play on on certain downs and and be a sub package guy. That's the type of player the teams are going to go for. I think uh, you know. Whereas in the past, maybe they'll say, you know what, we could probably get this guy as a free agent if we don't get him. Oh well. Now I think they're going to say, you know what, this guy can step right in and contribute right away, and we need more of those players rather than less. So. The, Regarding your question, I think Ebeneza is probably somewhere between, you know, 16 and 24. Somebody's going to grab him because they know he can play right away and they're not going to have to teach him how to play. Doc, what about Nate Stanley? Uh, He, uh, of course, we heard the story back of the draft, changing his mechanics, going through that, and led to a couple of days of people ripping on O'Keefe. But when you look at him, do do you see him just falling in that fourth, fifth, long term kind of shot range or? Could we see much like we saw with C.J. Beathard? A, a team gets enamored with him, a coach gets enamored with him, and he goes a bit earlier than that. I kind of agree with you on the last part. I kind of think that's the case that it happens. Is You get some teams really like certain players. And, you know, and the ones that are quarterback coaches, you know, those really start delving in on things. And, you know, we in the media don't really see all those, you know, the intangibles. Of, and, well, we do know some of those, but just – you know, the, the really intricacies and, and the discussion points that they can zero in on. And, and Nate Stanley knows the game, knows it really well. And, and one statistic to me that has always jumped out is, he, you know, he threw 45 red zone touchdowns and only one interception, and mm. that was 
the the Noah Fant disagreement <laughs> at the staff <laughs> right. there in Penn yeah. State. You know, otherwise yeah. he would have had any. So they they know his acumen, they know what he can do, and he's got a strong enough arm. And you know, a couple years in a system, he might have a chance. He might not. You know, but you, we don't know that. But I think that you will see a team that says, you know, we think we got a shot at this, this guy, late third round, uh, maybe early fourth, but. Uh, you know, he's going to go a little bit higher than what he's projected just simply because, you know, he's a three-year starter at a Big Ten school and, and won three bowl games and, you know, ranked twice at the end of the year. Had some big wins, uh, you know, on the road at Iowa State at home. You know, he threw five touchdowns against Ohio State with some great players. I think somebody's going to take a chance on him earlier rather than later. I'm with you, Scott Dockerman. We'll talk to you in a week's time, uh, Doc. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. At some point this week, we've got to get to the bottom of whoa. Whoa. Is it W-O-A-H or W-H-O-A? W-O-A. Well, all right. Let's get this <laughs> dig deep into this. Right. There needs to be an answer. Whoa. Whoa. Governor Reynolds next. Miller and Condon, 1460, 106.9.